Greenlight is the debit card and app for kids and teens. Now with investing. Investing is key to building long-term wealth. And with Greenlight, your kids can learn to invest at any age. They research stocks to buy, invest as little as $1, and you approve every trade. Track progress over time and learn about the world of investing together. Ready to invest in your kids' futures? Visit greenlightcard.com today for your free month trial. A lot of us are looking for ways to start our day feeling more joy and appreciation. And while some of us write gratitude lists or do yoga, others pour themselves a bowl of their favorite cereal, Honey Nut Cheerios. Because not only are Honey Nut Cheerios delicious, they can help lower cholesterol as part of a heart-healthy diet. So maybe the secret to a great mood all day is a little yoga. Then writing your gratitude list over a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. Learn more about a heart-healthy lifestyle at Cheerios.com. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. What is up, D-Gen Nation? Kenny Kim here, bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. As usual, I am here with my partner in crime, Tyler Tambolini. Tambo, how are you doing this week? I'm doing really good, Kenny. It's, uh, it's a good time to be back on. It's actually my birthday today. And I oh, I didn't know that. that so that's, that's good. I'm, so I'm living the dream there. And then, yes, I am getting ready to head over to the Waste Birthday narrative. Management. Birthday, birthday narrative. narrative. It's the birthday, birthday narrative. Week. Everyone listen true. to Tambo. Everyone right. listen to Tambo. All right. I'm pretty dialed. I'm excited. I'm heading out to Phoenix tomorrow. So uh, if anyone wants to hook me up with a skybox for the week, uh, you know, I'll take that <laughs> as a birthday gift. <laughs> but uh, oh. other than that, no, I'll be down there. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, you know, at Totag and Tambo, catch me there and just hit me up. I'll see if we can grab a beer or something. I gotta say, Tambo, you might, you know, I know you're married with a, with a, what, a two-year-old kid. Yeah, you must have the best wife in the world. Didn't you just go to like the the betting championship a couple weeks ago for like a week, and now you're going to the waste management? Do you have the best wife ever? I, I might, yeah, I definitely would say <laughs> I do. She, she she doesn't listen to the pod though, so how good is she, right? The, when it comes down to it. Look, it's a good thing, man. Trust me on that one. That's, <laughs> it's probably better. Yeah. That's a good but thing. But hey, I'm bringing her to this one, so that's part of the, the get-out-of-jail-free card. But yeah, I won't be around her that much, but we are planning a little <laughs> bit around it. So it's just it's all good as long as you bring her, right? That's sort of what I took from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So nice. You're going to be in Phoenix next week. So let's talk about this past week's tournament. Let's talk about this past week, period. Uh, yeah. Two of the most dominant golfers in the game currently, both with wins this week. Justin Rose uh, at the Farmers. Bryson over across the pond, uh, I think in Dubai. Uh, what a week. I mean, for me personally, uh, it was an ugly week, but somehow I still won. So as most of you know, 
Uh, I only have I only went two for four in my cash game cornerstones. Answer missed a three foot putt on eighteen, which fucking destroyed me. Uh, you know, on eighteen on his final hole on Friday, and then I had Spawn who just didn't play like didn't play very well. But yet, my other two Woodland and Howell, did did well. I mean, I think they were both. I think Woodland was top ten in DK scoring. Howell was top twenty. Uh, then I had finished it off with, with Hideki and Snedeker. So I was able to cash with four or six again this week in the top 20% of all double ups. So that was nice. I had one sweat. I finished uh, 16th uh, in the dollar short game, uh, which was pretty nice. Uh, it should have been a lot better. Uh, the issue I had was two of the golfers I had that day were Watney and Wyndham Clark on that team. And they were like, six over combined everyone else balled out i mean they had to for me to still finish in 16th place um so i mean and i did okay in gpps didn't do well i actually tried to add a uh the 33 dollar played that for the first time busted on that one i played two of mayo's uh lineups in in, uh, two lineups in mayo's tournament if you're not in that you really need to pay attention because that's the best gpp tournament in DraftKings. So you have to pay attention to when Pat drops his uh, his his first podcast for golf each week, and then go to the uh, to the link and get get in that tournament because there's no rake. There's so there's thirty thousand dollars worth of prizes this week in that tournament with no rake. Uh, that's pretty incredible. You got to get in on that. Um, overall, the golf though, uh, a couple of things other than Rose. Rose was nuts. Uh, Hideki coming in strong. Look at my man Taylor Gooch. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was some. He's he's. I think he's first in strokes gain approach um, in, in for the season right now. The guy is just dialed in with his irons. Every other approach shot for Gooch is like a five footer for birdie. Um, pretty incredible stuff. I was on him two weeks ago before all this happened. I was on him last week. Uh, he was in that um, that that dollar short game GPP lineup of mine. And I think I'll be on him again this week. I'm not going to ride. I'm not going to go away from him. You might as well keep it hot. Uh, how did you do last week? Uh, overall, slight, slightly down. Uh, DK was actually good. It was the FanDuel that cost me. So uh, it's been it's been good to me all season, so I can't hate on it. But last week just sucked for FanDuel. Both my cash lineup and my main lineup there uh, sucked, and that brought me down for the week. But overall, I think I had some good calls last week. Uh, you know, Rose, I was all over, and he ended up winning it. So I uh, can't complain too much. The bet I had last week on the pod, the biggest bet of the week was the Hideki 56 to 1 with the each way. So that still made it profitable as far as the betting side goes, which was nice. But man, a really good tournament overall. I think uh, the funniest tweet I saw all weekend was probably someone said, Get me some Hanma's one length because <laughs> Bryson just destroyed by seven strokes and, right? and Rose and the big talk coming in was those clubs, which we, you and I talked about. It wasn't really a worry to us. He looked right. fine. Yeah. And sure enough, he did look fine. It, it was incredible. Uh, Hideki we'll get into here shortly. Gucci you talked about, I, I expected him down the stretch just to bury himself and he just kept strong. So really good job on his part. How did you feel about your boy though? I was sad for Doug Gim, man. Seaweed Doug coming down the stretch. He needed to get the top 10. He looked good after Saturday. And then sort of disappeared. He had that nice one at the end, the birdie with the the dart. But uh, what do you think about his weekend? Yeah, I sort of expected that in the final round. That's a lot of pressure for a kid that young. Uh, he had to finish top 10 to be eligible to play this week in the waste management. Yeah. And he, he went in uh, Sunday, uh, what, top five, top seven, something like that. And uh, yeah. he, he definitely went down. I expected it. I faded him in, in final round showdown. 
uh, because I mean, it's tough to, to play with that type of pressure. I mean, it's probably even more, you know, just to play another tour event. I mean, that's, these guys are grinding it out each week on the web.com tour. They want to get on the PGA tour. The easiest way to do that is to win an event. Uh, so, you know, they want to play these events a lot. And so it's a lot, a lot of pressure. I, but he, he's going to be a good player. The kid was always strong. We got another good college golfer here uh, in the field this week. We'll probably talk about here later on. Uh, just going back to me uh, on the winning, let me clarify a winning week. I put in $432 in entry fees last week. I won 439 So, yeah, <laughs> winning, winning week, week, winning week. But I won yeah. like – I had like a 1.5% return on investment. So, you know, three straight winning weeks to start the year. I'll take that. You know what I'm saying? But it wasn't that much. It wasn't a huge week. Uh, the way I did my GPPs last week was a little bit different. Like I, and that's why I was sort of weird. That That's why I was sort of a little bit pissed off about only winning that much because my three highest owned were Rom, Rose, and Day. And I had a bunch of like Rose, Day, Rose, Rom, Rom day combos, um, you know, and I, and that's the way I did my lineup because I just felt like the the big dogs would eat, you know, and, and that's what they did, you know. I mean, basically, like all the top golfers except Tiger, you know, who we who we said fade, and he was the highest owned guy, so that was you know a notch up for us. Um, you know, it scored like ninety seven point five points or more, over a hundred points, almost all of them. So that's the way my went. I just couldn't get like the bottom half right. And if I did, oh, the yeah. big yeah, the biggest problem with me was that answer and HV three are my fourth and fifth highest owned, mm-hmm. so that killed me. You know, if answer answer had a three foot putt on eighteen to make the cut, HV three had an eight foot putt on eighteen on Friday to make the cut. They both freaking missed them to make the cut. It would have been huge for me last week, but they didn't. Tis DFS. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, when you play this week in and week out. So we'll move on. Uh, so let's move on. Anything else you got to say? Uh, Bryson's win, dominant. The guy's amazing. Um, I, that's really all I got to say about that one. Yeah, he's incredible. I got a, a future pending on him for the Masters at 80-1 to 1 from, from way back in the day. So uh, looking forward to that. It just feels like he can win every single week right now. Even this week, I, I said to someone today, it's, I don't see him going back-to-back here but because the field's so strong in, in Saudi Arabia there. But – it's you never know with him, man. He looks so dialed, and he just looked very dominant over there. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him get another W this weekend. I read some crazy stat. I think it was from the Fanshare guys. Uh, he was one percent owned last year in Phoenix. last year. Last yeah, year, <laughs> crazy. You won't see that happen again with Bryson's ass no more. Uh, the way no. he's playing, uh, he will never be one percent owned ever, ever again. Probably. All right. So let's move on. Uh, let's check out the listener league. From this past week, the winner this week was the Mojo King. I feel like he's been up there uh, a, a couple of times. So silent lineup by him. He started with he went six for six. First off, uh, I think the six for six percentage last week was like two. You know, maybe maybe three, maybe less than it that. Slow. It, it was it, it was tough. So he got his six for six. Uh, he started with Mark Leishman, who was twenty five percent owned in the listener league, finished forty third. Justin Rose, eight, only 8.5% owned. That was a little surprising. I figured it would be a little bit higher owned, uh, you know, with the winner. Gary Woodland, uh, 38% owned, uh, came in with the backdoor top 10. Uh, Kevin Tway, 11% owned, again, 43rd place. Uh, Cameron Davis, he was the only person that owned him, uh, and he was uh, 57th. 
but he had a solid 71.5 points. He had a bunch of birdies uh, last week, 18 birdies, which is solid for a guy finishing that low on the leaderboard. He had Sebastian Munoz, who uh, made the cut uh, 1% owned and was one over par, finishing 72nd. So, I mean, like, literally, other than Rose and Woodland, he just got 66 through and, and rode Rose and Woodland's coattails. And Rose being so low-owned, I mean, it gave him the W. What do you think about the lineup? That's what you said. I think, yeah, it's a really strong lineup from uh, a GPP build perspective. Just to go into it a little bit more, you, you've pretty much elaborated on the lineup. But if you look, he, how he's got – his ownership is very balanced. So with the 38% – Woodland and the 25% Leishman, he made sure to pop in, you know, an 11 and an eight and a half percent guy and then two super low owned guys. It's not always going to work to a T like that. It's just, it is a structure that I'll look out for. And when I'm doing lineup study after a week or follow up just to see how some of the other guys built their lineups, it's sort of the style lineup you want to build. Now, obviously you got to get Cameron Davis and Sebastian Munoz through, but these are two young up and coming golfers uh, that are, I think, going to be great on tour as they keep going back and forth. I know Munoz this week is playing uh, in the web event, and I got him this morning at 40 to 1. So if anyone wants to jump on a bet real quick, I like him over there at 40 to 1 in the web tour event. Uh, but overall, this lineup's good. Shout out to the Mojo Kings. Strong showing. 518 and a half. Won the thing by nine points. Looks good. Uh, who won the four men this week? I forget. Oh, yeah, you won it. Okay. <laughs> if I put the my is on. if I put my cash lineup in there, I would have won. How about that? I didn't put my cash lineup in there. I put some other random lineup in there that I actually put in like a thirty three, also, which it was not good. So I think I I don't even think I had three hundred points. It was one of the more shitty lineups that I put. It was, that I used it was the all. worst win ever. That, yeah. That's what I should say. A side note, it was one of the worst wins ever score-wise. I think it had 369 or something. Yeah. But maybe maybe I'll try and decipher your cash line this week and, and put it in so you can get at least a tie. Yeah, well, just, I don't use my cash lineup in the in the, in the, in the three-man. Like, I, I, I right. try to avoid using that. I'll use, like, what my B cash lineup would be, usually. Uh, we went through a stretch last year where that B lineup – was winning cash every week, and I wasn't putting in cash because it was my B lineup. Uh, and that was when I was striding like a little bit of a struggle in cash for about a two, three week period. But uh, one thing you were talking about projected with, with the ownerships and stuff, I, I know I've said this before, but for the newer listeners, one thing I always do try and do when it comes to GPPs is always, you know, when it comes to find a good site with projected ownership. And then when you make your lineups, try and keep your total ownership projections between 60 and 80 percent now i know these projected ownerships aren't always perfect i mean last week was a perfect example no one thought that like all four four of the five top golfers would be you know under 13 percent owned i didn't see that coming i figured at least at least rom or a couple of them would have been 20 percent uh that's probably why it worked out for me you know in gp in gbps and i didn't lose as much uh because i went so top heavy but you're uh, what you in GPPs you you want to be in that sixty to eighty percent ownership range total ownership when you add up the ownership of all six golfers that's where you'd like to be uh, and I think that's the best range for GPPs uh, for total ownership uh, what are your thoughts on that uh, it's around what I the way I think of it a little bit. Uh... Uh, that's the way I think of it a little bit. I do think of it a little bit differently is what I'm trying to say. So um, the biggest thing is it really comes down to what the week is like. And I'll give you an example at the masters, for example, you've got way more chalk spots where you sort of know there's going to be super heavy ownership on certain guys. Like you'll almost get what is 
not factually, but really is like a wrong price on a guy, like a $7,900 ROM or something in the past, I can remember, or something like that, where it's, you know, he's going to be 35, 40% on, but you just don't want to leave him off your lineup because it's such a good value at that price. And sure enough, he pays off. Like Decky, then you got to monitor. Like Decky last week. Yeah, you got to monitor your numbers and know, right? So we'll try and talk our way through that with you guys. I know you mentioned to the new listeners, but we'll try and go through it when we're projecting guys and sort of looking at it. It's so early in the week right now, but you can still get a good sense of certain spots. Like you mentioned, Decky last week, $8,000. I mean, it, it turned out to be great for everybody. But like I said, that that's sort of what was expected. If he played his game, that was going to be considered a wrong price. I wasn't as high on it. Like I said, I like to hedge with the bet. I'm going to have a little bit more of that again this week. But we'll we'll go into it as we go through the numbers here and, and hop right into it. But I think it's something to always look for. And, yeah, the lower your aggregate ownership is, the better typically in GPPs. Yeah, but you don't want to be stupid about it. You don't want to, like, you know, no. go all crazy, you know, and stuff like that. But, you know, 60 to 80% total projected ownership, that's usually what I look for. Um, but let's move on. Let's move on to this week, one of the funnest – uh, tournaments of the season. The PGA Tour is in Phoenix as the golfers take to the stadium course at TPC Scottsdale for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. The Waste Management of the Phoenix Open is one of the most exciting and most attended events on tour. The par 3 16th hole has become one of the most iconic holes on tour due to the stadium-type atmosphere with up to 20,000 spectators looking on, most of which are hammered. Uh, with, you know, That's my type of crew right there. And looking more for a good time than actually watching golf. Uh, this has led to some memorable moments at 16 from Tiger's Hole-in-One in the late 90s where they threw all the beer bottles and crazy stuff onto the course. Uh, James Hahn, his Gangnam-style dance after a birdie a few years ago. Uh, this call has also caused golfers to temporarily lose their minds. Uh, as we saw a few years back when, you know, calm, collected Justin Leonard gave the crowd on 16 the finger uh, after after he uh, pulled, after he hit, I think he hit his shot into a bunker. And then three years ago, when Ian Poulter decided to put on a show and putt one-handed on the green, like he said, he was doing that on purpose. Like he puts one, like he puts one-handed all the time. I don't believe him. People were booing the hell out of him. He wanted to make a show. He putted one-handed. Um, rowdiness has occurred in the past with fans throwing beer cans onto the course, beach balls, all that stuff. So, needless to say, not your typical PGA Tour event, which is good. Once a year, I'm fine with this. Uh, the stadium course, the TPC. Scottsdale is a 7,266-yard par 71 with four par threes and three par fives. All the par fives are reachable in two by the majority of golfers, and the 17th hole is a risk-reward drivable par four. The course was redesigned by Tom Weisskopf after the 2014 tournament. He was hired to make the course tougher, so he added a little bit of length, a little bit of length, made landing areas on the fairways a little bit small, excuse me, a little bit smaller, added bunkers, and he redid the greens. Now, it looks like he did his job correctly because, of course, that's played a bit more difficult the last few years. In the previous five years before the redesign, TPC Scottsdale was on average the 36th most difficult course on tour. After the renovations, it has become on average the 20th most difficult course on tour. Now, it is possible this higher scoring has occurred due to the new greens being, you know, new greens, they just are firmer. They're bouncier. They take time, years to grow in, to get softer. But now since they've grown in, scoring could go back to what it was before the redesign. Now, the cut hasn't been under par since the 2014 changes. So we'll see if that differs this week. 
Now, off the tee, golfers will see narrow landing areas with bunkers placed strategically. Even though this tournament is played in the desert, water is still in play on like six, maybe seven holes. And if golfers miss wildly off the tee, they will have to deal with desert vegetation. The rough around the fairways has been thicker the last few years, and I expect that to be the same this week. Though it won't be as thick as what we saw at Torrey. It's not going to be crazy thick. Golfers are still going to be able to hit good approach shots and not have it roll out too much. Uh, depending on, you know, especially since these greens probably are going to be a little bit softer than they have been the last few years. The course setup is about 1,200 feet above sea level, and with arid desert conditions, drives should be able to get a little bit farther than normal with the rollout and a little bit in the air. Uh, on approach shots, golfers will see a wide array of green sizes, ranging from small to very large. Bunkers guard the majority of the Bermuda grass greens, and water will be an issue for some golfers who aren't accurate with their irons. Uh, it is Bermuda grass, but it is overseeded uh, with, you know, a rye, bent, poa. But, you know, it, it's majority of Bermuda. The greens are relatively flat, firm, and fast, with a stip meter rating of around 12. Of the last eight winners here, seven of them had a top five in one of their previous five events leading up to their victory at TPC Scottsdale. Uh, in the last three years, 15 of 18 golfers that finished top five here played Tory the week before. And three years ago is when they actually changed the rotation of the schedule. Uh, it used to be uh, Phoenix first and then Tory. Three years ago, they changed it, made it Tory first and then Phoenix. So 15 of 18 golfers finished top five, played Tory the week before. And, uh, you know, and poor play ha- at, at the Farmers really hasn't been too much of a detriment, at least high up on the leaderboard. Of the 15 golfers that finished top five here in the last three years and played Tory the week before, six missed the cut at the Farmers, and five made the cut but finished outside the top 30. Nobody finished inside the top 10 uh, in the last three years at Tory and finished top five um, at uh, in Phoenix. Now, I'm not saying you should not take golfers who played well last week. That'll just be dumb. But I might not pay as much attention to last week's form for golfers that you think, you know, that you like this week that maybe played poorly last week. I wouldn't worry too much about that. Uh, Tambo, what are you looking for this week? Stats wise, I'm looking at a few things, Kenny. I'm looking at uh, a little bit of ball striking, right? I want to, I want to have that. Uh, bombers are obviously important here in a sense, because like you said, you can, you can really put the ball out there. So the the water scares me a little bit with a guy like Fowler coming down the stretch. He likes going into that water near the end. He can never seem to close the door, but uh, stroke stand approach, DK scoring is a big one here. Uh, three putt avoidance. Uh, I want to, you know, I want guys dropping putts. And then also to another thing is just scrambling in general with, uh, you know, around the green, that sort of thing, where you're you're not going to always hit the greens. Therefore, obviously, you need to be able to get it up there from there. So, uh, overall, that's sort of the general sense. And then some of the other things, like you mentioned, I wonder if you'll tweet them out this week or something. But some of those, you know, narratives I always like, like you said, the top five and played farmers and and those sort of stats. Just going through the list, looking at some stuff like that. And I also think course history uh, plays a little bit more of a factor here. We've seen guys like Hideki. Fowler, some other ones in there that, you know, they seem to always show up here. So it'll be interesting to see how the week shakes out. All right. Sounds good. Definitely looking at off the tee approaches, all that good stuff. A couple of things like, you know, par four efficiency from 400 to 450 and 400 to 450 to 500 yards. There's about 10 par fours in those two ranges. Um, you know, I'll be looking at uh, 
uh, proximity from 150 to 175 yards and 200 plus. The majority of all approach shots are going to be in that range. So, yeah, basically the same stuff. Then let's let's go ahead and move on uh, to the actual field this week. Let's start here from the top. We got, I think, four golfers this week in the 10K range. John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Hideki Matsuyama, and Xander Schauffele. Who you got this week there, Tambo? So I got a couple guys. It's going to be interesting to see, though, because, you know, the the way it's been going like the last few weeks, it's almost like the top guy like Rom last week doesn't get ignored, but he doesn't seem to get the play that you would suspect, right, with what normally what used to be with the top guy and the way the fields are built up here with so many guys in the $6,000 range that you think you'd see more of that. But overall, uh, I like Rom still. Uh, and then actually, you know, first T3PO of the week is right out of the gate. I think, you know, the elephant in the room is is Matsuyama, and I'm sure you're going to talk about him here. Uh, but I'm going to play, the, what, in my opinion, the better overall golfer, not even close, Justin Thomas over Matsuyama. Um, I'm not sure yet how the ownership will end up. I think, uh, I know you'll go into him in a second, but I think that a lot of people are saying the same sort of thing I'm saying, and they're going to say, oh, you know, I'll go lower on him in tournaments because his price went up and everyone's going to be on him and therefore this. And so I'll use him in one and done or I'll use I'll bet him. And, I, and I'm one of those people. I've got a hedge bet on him that I'll go through later. But um, the ownership may actually end up pretty even because Justin Thomas is just that good. He rates out good in models. By my rights, for 300 bucks more, it's a no-brainer to me to take Justin Thomas. Uh, but like I said, everyone could decide to sort of be sharp here, quote-unquote, and fade Hideki. Uh, but I, I still like JT regardless at the same price, basically the same price to me. Yeah, I mean, when it comes up top, I'm going Justin Thomas over Rom uh, this week. And think about, you know, it's, it's, I don't think you can necessarily go wrong with either one of these two. These are two of the top golfers in the world, top six golfers in the world. Um, I don't think it's it, it's a wrong play if you're really strong about somebody. I don't think it's uh, – go for it, you know what I'm saying? But I'm going to go JT over Rom. Just to save that $500 first off. Secondly, um, JT just has a little bit better stats uh, than Ron than I'm, what I'm looking for. Uh, especially when it comes to like, you know, uh, uh, proximity. Everything. Proximity from 150 <laughs> to 175 yards is one of the big ones. Ron's 74th in this field, like below average in this field in the last 50 rounds. Justin Thomas is fourth. JT didn't even play that well at Sony. And he still finished 16th. Um, Rom is coming, you know, you know, Rom is from the area. He went to school in that area. He has played decent here. Uh, you know, I think like a couple of top twenties or three, three top twenties or something like that. So it's not the worst, no top tens. Um, now the, you know, but he could have, you know, a little bit of distraction there. He's going to his college, you know, so, you know, he's going to see a lot of friends, he, you know, that whole type of party atmosphere. ASU is a huge party school, by the way. And, um, and so I, I'm going to go Justin Thomas. Uh, but I don't think there's a wrong play up top. I am going Hideki as my first cash game cornerstone pick this week. I'm going up a little bit higher than I normally do. But you, what you got to realize with this field is there's only 132 golfers in this field. That's 24 less than last week, and the cut is still the same. So you could be a little bit more aggressive because about a third of the people, third less people are cut uh, this week than they are in a normal tournament. So you can be a bit more aggressive. You can go a little bit higher. I'm going Hideki in in cash. And the thing is, usually when uh, for my cash golfers, since they, you know, I use one cash lineup for forty percent of my bankroll weekly bankroll. Uh, I, you know, I use the same lineup in in, in about one hundred eighty dollars worth of cash lineups, double ups, and then you know I do like two hundred eighty 
260, something like that in GPPs. And so what I'm going to do, since he's already in my cash lineup, going with 40% of my bankroll, I'll probably go underweight on the field on him in GPPs, just so he's not such a huge part of the bankroll. So even though I only go maybe 10% on him, 15% on him, he's still going to be around 50% of my bankroll. So, you know, it's it's a still huge amount, but, I, but I'm, I'm sort of hedging a little bit and not going to use him as much in GPP. So first cash game cornerstone, Decky. I do like Justin Thomas as well. So let's move on uh, to this 9K range. Um, I'll go ahead and get us started because my first, my second cash game cornerstone is going to be uh, in this. It's going to be Matt Kuchar at $9,200. Kuchar's just been playing well. Two wins uh, in his last, what, five, six events. The guy's Really coming on, uh, one of the best. He's the one of the best. I from 150. He is the best from 150 to 175 yards in this field. The last 50 rounds, he's been crushing par fours. He has a really good track record here. I think two or three top tens in a row. So my second cash game cornerstone pick will be Matt Kuchar. But I do love this range a lot. Um, uh, I you know I, I'll be playing a lot of golfers from this range just because I'm the only golfers up top that I'm going to be using in GBPs. I'm not going to play Xander though. I don't hate that play. Uh, you know, you got to make some stands here. I don't hate Xander, uh, but you know, I'd rather play Gary. I'd rather play um, Hideki. I'd rather play JT. So I'm going to start a lot of GPP lineups in this nine K range. You can pick, you can put like two or three. Uh, there's a lot of value down low this week. A lot of value uh, in the six K range in the low 7K range. So I think more than usual. So you can go three guys in this 9K range pretty easily. So I like a lot of these golfers. I I don't think you can go wrong with Woodland. Uh, The guy is an eagle machine. He just destroys par fives. He actually destroys long par fives as well. And all three par fives here are are over 550 yards. Now, the thing about that is they are fairly easy to reach still because of the rollout and you know the longer drives um because of 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 the slight elevation so it's technically not that long but he's first in this field in par five efficiency from 550 to 600 yards first in strokes gain par five first in birdies a better gain first in draft king points the guy is just playing out of his mind um he came in with a great sunday save my ass in cash last week i'll be playing him uh, I like Finau a lot, even with his three missed cuts. He showed me a lot last week coming in with his best performance ever uh, in his first event of the year after the uh, the winter break. So you know he's locked in. Uh, so I got Finau down there. I like Phil. I like Cam. So I, I love all the – I'm playing a bunch of these guys in a 9K range. What do you think? Uh, I think the same. You don't have my notes in front of you, do you? Because <laughs> it literally – I wrote that. Like I, I said – Start at Gary and then and go down. You can as as in some lineups, you can start at Gary and that's and I said play Gary Webb Finau Fowler. I said play Max of two, maybe even three of them together, and then go down to some of the values we'll talk about later. Uh, to hit on Finau, he's the I'm the same as you. I wouldn't say John Rom is John wrong, but I do like Thomas better at the top over Rom. I just those are the two I like more in that 10K range, but I like JT better than everyone. But what I will say is Finau, to me, forget the three missed cuts. He's way different golfer. You talked about earlier with the fan share thing with Bryson being 1% here last year. Not not the the case, but I'm just saying Finau's a guy that broke on the scene, 
sort of last year and a little bit before big time, right? That now everyone's all over him all the time. There was times you were getting Fino at $7,900 last year. Those days are, are far and gone. So for me, him at 9,500, he's two grand less than John Rahm. I got six stat categories across my model right now that he rates out better in every single one of them than John Rahm for the last 50 rounds. So from DK scoring perspective, there's no way you can tell me that he can't put up 105 and Rahm ends up with 115, even if, you know, Fina doesn't win. So, you know, which would be the case. So I'm good with Fina. I really do like him a lot, whether he's chalk or not. Uh, Ricky, I think, is a good GPP play around him. Uh, people, you know, don't remember, but he used to have to travel a lot overseas and then come back and play farmers, which was never good there for that. He always has a lot more obligations going on. I, I didn't think he was really that good last week. I, I joked on Twitter. I thought it was a bit of a slob with the untucked shirt. I know he's my boy, but, uh, that's a different tangent maybe for another day. I think that it's a, he, I think he's still a good GP. You sound like, you sound like, you sound like an old man right there. Man. You sound like me about that with the untucked shirt. You got the old man. How old are you? 48 or 28? Everyone had that. Okay. We'll go into <laughs> two seconds here. Everyone had this comment. I'm, I'm 33 years old today, so I'm not old, no old man. All I said is Finau was rocking a pimp shirt with crowns on it, decked out, looked like the man, but at least he had it tucked in. I'm going to ask Ricky this week when I get to the waste management, what does a P in PGA stand for? And when he tells me professional, I'm going to say, sounds like you should tuck in your shirt because the shirt's too big for him. It needs a haircut. If you do that, that would be amazing. He's probably going to kick you out of the course. I'm going to record it. If I can get it done, they can't kick me out for that. This is the waste management. I'm going to be very professional and I'm going to start it off with Ricky. I'm your biggest fan. I got, I'm one beer in. I'm not even deep. I just have a serious question for you. And I'm going to ask him that because well, all I was joking around with in the first place is the dude's engaged now. He's 30. I'm joking, but it's like he's fell off, right? He's got a scraggly ass haircut. He's got a shirt untucked. That's too it's baggy for him out there. And he, he's got a girl. It's, he's got he's his got, now. He, he don't get to look no short no more. He got that woman. <laughs> that's what you I'm got that girl that's what happens all, all jokes aside ricky's my boy and i do like him this week for the price is sort of in the middle range there i think at like obviously like we just talked about people are going to gravitate towards finau uh, another one i really like in there i don't want to spend too much time on this range but i do like webb simpson uh i think he'll also go a little bit overlooked with the finau there and woodland and i was talking with some of the boys at gup's corner today about it and the big thing with webb is that he was even underrated last year in tournaments um, and I'll say it lightly, but what, because obviously he crushed one of the players, whatnot, but my, my talk was all about, everyone was talking about Fino at the majors crushed at all the majors, blah, blah, blah. Webb basically had the same results as Fino at all the majors and he won the yeah. players, which is an extremely difficult tournament to win. It's also a TPC course. I mean, you can't sleep on Webb at 9,700. Uh, if you believe in the Ender Curse at 9,900, I don't, but he's on Woodland this week. So for one and done, I, I really like Simpson as a strong GPP play in this range. Uh, going back to Ricky, if you do that to Ricky and you film it and you follow him for the rest of the week, uh, I'm going all in on Ricky Fowler then. <laughs> <laughs> New hot and iced Sunrise Batch Coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or re-hung. Enjoy a medium, hotter iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, 
because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or rehung. Enjoy a medium, hotter iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. <laughs> He's going to be motivated. Just do that. Do that. I'm trying. I'll be there on Thursday. Look, do that and then follow him and be right in front of him every hole so he can see you. And then he'll get angry. He'll get super <laughs> motivated and he'll win and he'll beat the field by 10 strokes. So please imagine if it was the turnaround and he wins two majors this year after uh, I do that. And I'll be the reason the, that Ricky finally gets you're a major. The reason, you're the reason. <laughs> I'll take claim. I'll take claim. All right, moving on. We can go to the AK range. Good to go. You want to kick it off, Kenny? All right. My first, my third cash game cornerstone pick. And I'm going pretty high with these uh, this week because once again, like I said, there's a, it's deep down below. There's some great plays down below. So I'm going Billy Horschel, 8,800 as my third cash game cornerstone play. Uh, he's had a, a decent run here, not the best form, but not too many missed cuts here. He always makes the cut, which is good. But he's been playing really, really good golf, if I'm not mistaken. He finished what uh, eighth last week. He has like four top 25s in a row in his, you know, in his last four events. You know how he ended the season last year with like those three top threes in the playoffs. So you know this guy has the skill. Uh, really good approach numbers, good at par fives, good at par fours, really good par four efficiency from 450 to 500 yards. He's second in this field in this stat. Really good from par five efficiency from 550 to 600 yards. He's 16th in this field, 10th in draft king points in this field. This is all in the last 50 rounds, and all this information is coming from Fantasy National Golf Club. If you're not a member yet, you definitely should. Make sure you check that out. Follow them at, uh, at Fantasy National or at Moosonomics. Great site. Uh, you should use it. Uh, so I do like Horschel. He'll be my third cash game cornerstone pick here. Uh, I sort of like Norin. Uh, I know he shit the bed uh, last week. He hurt me a bunch. I had him at like 20% owned. I think he will be lower owned because of his thing last week, but he played well on Sunday. Uh, no, on Friday, even though he missed the cut shooting even because he shot four over on the south course in his first round. That could be due to a little bit of rust. Coming in with not playing too much golf, coming in, playing that tough south course, which really not as tough as it used to be nowadays. These golfers are so good, and the technology is so good. I really think the only thing that makes golf courses tough nowadays is bad weather. Uh, But anyways, it's still not the easiest course to come on and play your first professional round in a couple of months. And he made up for it, had a solid uh, 468 on – Friday on the North course. I think he can do a little bit better. I think he'll be single digit owned. So I think he makes a good GPP play. I'm I'm going back on cam champ. This is the course I was off him last week because I said it was too difficult of a course for him. This is more of a course where he can just bomb it out there with his driver, find the ball. If he misses the water, he should be good. He'll have short irons onto these greens. While a lot of these guys have mid irons, it should play an advantage to champ. So I'm playing champ again this week. And I'm going back to the burger well as well at $8,200. Again, shit the bed last week. Uh, but that, like I said earlier, that really hasn't meant that much when it comes to Phoenix. Has a great tracker record at Phoenix. Finished 12th in the last desert event, uh, the Desert Classic. Really good with his approaches. I like his price. Again, another guy who I expect to be low-owned. Uh, Tambo, who you like? I don't love this range. You you hit on it with Horschel. Uh, like you said, he just looks really good. Last week, especially eighth. Um, never been you know a serious contender here, but he has made the cut the last four years. 
uh, 43rd, 24th, 24th, and 30th. So, I mean, he's almost a top 30 and above each time. Uh, Berger's the other guy I was going to talk about. Really like Berger. Uh, I went back to him last week. It didn't work out. But 11th, 7th, 10th in three of his last four years. Stats still line up from what I can see. Everything on my end that I like. Um, I think there could be possible lower ownership based on the farmers last week that I just talked about. And then um, 12th, 35th, and 15th in three events before miscut. Um, so I, I'm I'm good with going back to Berger here. I think that, uh, you know, before he missed the cut just this last week, he was looking fine. I think he'll be fine. It's Obviously, it's a tough course going to Torrey Pines. Bounce back here at 8,200. Other than that, uh, you, I was going to ask you about Champ. You talked about him, though. So I, I do like his... Uh, upside here just because of his DK scoring, the ability to bomb it, the shorter rough, right? If it, you know, like you said last week, you were dead on with that call where you had to deal with that stuff. It was just too much for him. Uh, here's a course where you can sort of get back and get that feel going. I like his upside uh, at 8,300 as well. But uh, other than this range, what's your take, I guess, real quick on Bubba and Reevee? Those are the two I'm struggling between there with Horschel right there in the middle, but outside of cash games. I mean, the Bubba with his – off the tee strength, I think is usable. Uh, I think both are usable. Uh, I, I wouldn't say a complete fade on either. I'm not sure how much I'll have. I'm not sure if I'll have any. Uh, they, they really didn't pop too much for me. And the thing is, if I'm going to use a shit ton of 9K golfers, then this 8K range is going to be sort of barren for me. Uh, you know, other uh, you know, other than low owned plays like Berger, Champ, and Norin, um, you know, in the low range range of this 8K range, if I'm going to be playing a shit ton of those 9K guys, it's going to be tough for me to fit these guys in. So I'm not. I, I yeah, Bubba, Bubba's hard to go back to because he's going to get talked up a little bit because course history and whatnot. Even though he used to say he hates this course, but then he played really well here. But quick story on Bubba. Actually, you talked earlier about some of the rowdy fans. I'm going back this year. I was there last year as well, and that probably was one of my favorite stories from Saturday on 16th. Why I'm so excited to go back there again. Uh, he had a, you know, he short side himself. He was just on the side of the green there in the short stuff, had to get it up and down, literally flicks it about two feet in front of him. And then he wants to put his hand up to his ear and say, give it to me, which I thought was awesome. That's what it's all about. It's one event. It's one hole. Like, let's have some fun. Right. And and all of a sudden the chance broke out. Bubba has a mangina. And it literally, you can look it up on YouTube. Bubba has a mangina. It's one of the funniest things I've ever heard Channing at an event. <laughs> And it's it was like to a tone. So it was like, Bubba has a mangina. And it just kept going. And to me, it was incredible. Uh, looking forward to more of that this year. But there, it's like he's like a TV at Best Buy. Like, you know, it's, it's not 1000 It's $999. they are selling me on this at 89 He's not 9000 He's just 8900 yeah. Just grab him up. And, and it feels very trappy. I know that's, you know, literally means nothing. But to me, it's sort of how this play feels. And I'm going to be happier to take some Horschel. And even a guy like Hadwin, who I didn't talk about in the 9K range, has some great results lately, obviously, and then uh, you know lines up at another one of the courses that's sort of a correlation course is the Career Builder, where he absolutely crushes it uh, on his career, quote unquote. So I mean, he he's been doing just fine, and Hadwin has looked really good lately too, coming off a second place. He's got a twelfth and a seventeenth here in two of his last three years. So I, I'm just I'm a little bit scared above it, to be honest. Yeah, I'll probably play a little bit of. I, I mean, I'd rather have Cam. I'd rather have Horschel around Bubba as well. I'll probably play a little bit of Benny as well. Uh, Benny Ian at 8,600. The guy has that, 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 that desert form narrative and he pops uh really good tee to green. He just, you know, hopefully he can make a putt. So I'll definitely be playing Benny Ann as well, but I don't think I'm going to play either one of them, but I, I, 
I can't tell you that I'm, you know, you definitely should fade. You know, I, right. you know, I can't, I can't say that. I mean, I'm not going to because the, 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 Bubba has that opportunity, and Reeve was in a playoff last year and is in good form. Uh, I just like other guys better uh, than yeah. them at this range. All right, so let's move down to this seven K range. Tambo, get us started. Yeah, so we'll kick it off with my second T3PO of the week. A um, little bit different. I don't think as many people will be on this guy. I think it's a, a strong play. i got some good reasoning behind it. Uh, I think a lot of people will look at Hatton. Uh, I've got a, a hedge bet on him. I'll talk about later as well. But I just don't know where – I mean, Hatton's a fantastic player. I'm not sure how he's going to line up for here. Sort of a late addition, first-timer, get it, get it in, see what it's like. I think he's going to be – either a blast to be around at this tournament or he's going to be one of the guys, Justin Leonard style, sticking up the middle finger and just gets fed up with it because we know he's got a real temper and he doesn't have any of the ties like Rom does where at least he can embrace it and say this is his... Like Rom can't talk shit because he's Arizona State guy. So no matter how much he got in his head or he has his temper, he can't really say anything, but Hatton could. Uh, but the second T3PO of the week is going to be Austin Cook over Hatton at the same price, $7,900. Uh, I think Hatton will get popular as the week goes on as sort of that same thing. He's not 8K. He's just 7,900. He's got the upside, et cetera. I like him for GPPs. I'll, I'll test the ownership as the week goes on. It may not be a, a full fade, but it's a spot where I think you can differentiate your lineups as the week goes on. Um, you know, Cook rates out really good. So good, good drive percentage, birdie or better percentage, DK scoring, stroke scan approach. I uh, had a 31st here last year. He's a solid ball striker. Uh, as a whole. So I, I think that uh, when you look at it overall, it's one that not many people will play Austin Cook, but he actually has been playing really well. So uh, I'll go with that one first. Um, Keegan worries me a little. I do like him, but I mentioned it last week with the Super Bowl on the horizon. I know he showed up here last year. Uh, his stats are solid. Um, he's got a top 34 of his last five events with the one miss being a 43rd. So 7,800, that's pretty good value. Uh, a little bit of course history, five out of seven cuts made here with four top 25s or better. Um, I looked it up. I think I have it here last week, though. Uh, yeah, it was he was pretty good. It was just stats-wise. He was a little bit off with the putter. So I, I don't actually hate Bradley, but I do like a couple guys more. I'm interested to get your take. I know you're a big answer guy. Um, you'll talk about that. I'm sure missed the cut by three feet at the Farmers. I hated that, too. I had a lot of them. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I do like one guy, Ryan Palmer. 7,700, solid stats. DK scoring's good. Uh, really good at Farmers. His his strokes game putting was a little bit down, but um, he's got a 13th, a 7th, and a 3rd in three of his last four events. Uh, so he, he lines up with the sort of narrative you had earlier with the top five in his last five in there with that third. Uh, played at the Farmers. Um, he's got five. T- so lately he's got two missed cuts here at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, but he does have overall on his career out of 12 tries – He's got five top 25s and three top 10s. And I don't think people are going to play Palmer when you've got Martin Laird, who's a course horse, who I kind of like a little bit and has looked okay lately. you got Answer, you got Bradley, you got ZJ. Uh, get it, the other guy I like. I always struggle in the 7K range because there's so many guys I like, but um, Grillo's another guy I like. So I think Palmer's a strong play there for GPPs. Uh, elaborate on Grillo a little bit quickly. Solid stats. Really just couldn't get the putter going last week, but he got a 50-second still. But before that, he's got four 20-second places or better. He's made 27 of his last 29 cuts, which includes 15 top 25s and eight top 10s with three for three at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Now, not a great result there, nothing better than a 45th, but he is only $7,600. So 
Really like him. Before we get into the bottom range of the 7Ks, Kenny, who do you like out of those guys? What do you think of answer? What sort of your take? Yeah, I, I like the, the picks you had. I love the Cook call. I'll be playing Cook. I like the Ryan Palmer call. I'll be playing Palmer. Uh, Grillo, if the guy can make a putt, uh, he'd be great. Uh, the guy has just been superb with his um, with his approaches here the last few times out. I mean, just looking at him, um, you know, he's been, you know, I think he's gained something like eight, eight, eight strokes in his last seven rounds with his approaches um you know and so i do like him I, all those numbers i mean he, he sounds like a good cash game play as well uh and i'm going back to answer i, I i'm gonna play him like i said i don't care he missed a cut on the number you know he missed a three footer uh to, 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 to get to the weekend i'm not gonna hold that against him like like i t- said before we've seen people miss the cut at tory and then come back with the top five it's happened a bunch uh here the last three years the third of the guys who finished top five missed the cut uh, at in the last three years at, at, at Tory, so uh, I'm definitely back on answer. I mean, he's just good from all the ranges that I like. You know, par four efficiency from 400 to 450 yards. He's eighth in the field last 50 rounds. Par four efficiency from 450 to 500 yards. He's third in the last 50 rounds. Fifth in this field in strokes gain off the tee. I mean, if you're not going to be a bomber. Uh, you want to hit every single fairway, make it easier because you're going to get a lot more rollout and you're going to get a lot more distance uh, if you if you hit it in the fairway because there's going to be plenty of roll on these arid uh, desert fairways. So you know I, I I'm a back on answer. I, I'm going to use him again, uh, probably a good amount. Hopefully people are off of him. I don't know if they will be. He was pretty highly owned last week. I think he was 22% owned or something like that. Maybe somewhere around there. I, that could be a that could be a cash number. I'm not sure, but. Uh, I'm definitely going to go on him. And then going a little bit lower, I'm going back to Gooch. I mean, why not ride the hot hand? The guy is literally striping his approaches. Unbelievably good with his approaches uh, here recently. Iron Game has been just on point. He's literally first in – he's first in my rankings in the last 12 rounds in this field. Um, you know, he's first in strokes gained tee to green, first in draft king points, first in opportunities gained, top five in strokes gained par four, par five efficiency from 550 to 600 yards. I could go on. The guy is just playing unbelievably good. Uh, he's super confident. He actually had a golf digest feature on him after this week. So maybe he's getting bigger. I didn't read the story yet. Uh, I have it saved, but yeah, I got to go back to the well. The guy's just playing too well. Uh, and I don't think, you know, I still don't think he's going to garner, you know, more than 12, 13% ownership, 15% maybe, because it's, it's, it's still Taylor Gooch. I mean, like, he's not like the most well-known guy out there. Uh, but I'm going to play him uh, more down below. I like Sung J.M. I like how accurate he is. He's fifth in this field in strokes gain off the tee. Like I said, if you're not long, you got to be accurate. He's accurate. Gains a bunch of strokes uh, because of the accuracy off the tee. And that accuracy is going to help him because the ball is going to roll out a lot, lot more. So I like Sung J.M. Uh, doesn't miss many cuts. I like Jason Kokrak. Uh, he's actually uh, – Kokrak pops for me as well. Really good last 12 rounds. Uh, he's fifth in my model uh, overall in the last 12 rounds. Uh, top 10 in birdies better gain. Top 10 in strokes gain off the tee. Par 4 efficiency from 400 to 450. 450 to 500 yards. He's top 3. Strokes gain par 4. He's first here in the last 12 rounds uh, in this field. So I like Kokrak. I'm going back to Varner again. I like, again, like last week's not going to be too much of a detriment 
to me on rostering golfers again this week. So I'm back on uh, ATV3 as well. Uh, who do you like in this lower range? Yeah, I like uh, Gooch. One thing on that, I'm really hoping that I get to be there for the first ever Gooch-Cooch pairing. That'd so we can amazing. just hear back-to-back cooch cooch it's just so good even the commentators had it this week and they said and they're not saying cooch folks well no shit he's not even there so we know what they're saying but it's it'd be exciting to be there for the first ever gooch cooch pairing and i know that um cooch or i expect cooch to make the cut here so if gooch can do it there there is some hope or maybe they just get paired up right out of the gate and we'll get to see it right away so i will go back to him a little bit i do like where he's at and his game is strong you talk about it enough just in the spirit of time and to hit up a few more guys, I'll, I'll pick a couple. So Brendan Steele's one, Sung JM you mentioned, um, and then a couple more with some stats. So Scott Piercy rates decent in my model. So his stats are sort of the upper tier. I think he's like 29th or 30th. Um, but his tee to green approach have been pretty good last couple events. Uh, he's made his last seven cuts with a 19th, 6th, 10th, and a 5th in there. Uh, and then he's 8 for 10 here with five top 25s. So I like him just as much as I think people will like Steele talking about him for some course history. I like the coke crack call that you had. And then the other guy I really like here is Lucas Glover. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, so I, I I don't know if you, you, you go through it. You got the better stats on. We talked about this one a little bit before, cause I had to ask you straight up. Does this guy actually have five straight top twenties, Kenny? Yeah. Five straight top twenties by Mr. Glover. Um, if you look in his last 12 rounds, uh, he's sixth in my model, fifth in this field in strokes gained tee to green in the last five. Uh, really good from long par fives. Really good with his uh, with the par four, the, the yardages we're looking for this week in par four scoring. Uh, definitely going to be a fan of Mr. Lucas Glover. Seems too cheap. He could be super chalky. That's the only issue that I have. And like when it comes to like super chalky golfers in this lower 7K range, a lot of the times I'd I like to fade just because, and this is this is more of a recent thing. You know, I used to be a hundred percent chalking, uh, but recently it just they the merit for them garnering that much ownership is not there for me because it, lack of consistency. Uh, upside might be there, but the lack of consistency is what usually what worries me about these lower priced golfers. But the thing about Glover is he's pretty, he's been pretty damn consistent, uh, five straight top twenties. So, uh, I think, I, I think I'm going to roster him no matter what. Uh, but there yeah. is merit. If you see him being one of the most highest tag golfers, uh, you know, on fan share or something like that, uh, it could be a little bit worrisome and you could get a little bit of leverage with the fade and that's just not just on Glover that's any golfer you know under 75 under 7700 every week that is garnering a lot of attention um they're that price for a reason you know they're not the the Justin Thomas's the uh John Roms of the world you know these are guys who grind it out every week and don't have the consistency uh to do it week in and week out and that's why they're priced so low so uh, that's just something to think about as we move on. Okay, so yeah, there's actually just one more guy, Kenny, too. So uh, it's my third T3PO, and I'll go into that in a second. But I would say first that you could use Neiman over Glover. Uh, if you do think Glover's going to get a bit chalky there, obviously I think Glover's the pure cash play. But Neiman, uh, you know, it's really tough to lose that many strokes around the green and with the putter as what he did last week. And I think he'd be the perfect GPP play to go back. He's not my T3PO, but he's a, a spot there if you want to leverage Glover. 
Uh, the other guy, so the guy I want to leverage here, I'm, I'm a big Keith Mitchell fan, and I, I really think this is a much better setup for him here. But the other guy that I'm more bullish on, especially this season, and he's already got his win, is Kevin Tway. Uh, I really like Tway at $7,100. Uh, three putt avoidance is solid. He bombs it. I talked about he already has a win. Feeling good pretty much going into the season here. Good on par fives. Decent scrambler. Uh, and he's got uh, 43rd and 11th and a 23rd in three of his last four uh, and made the cut last year in his first time out here. So I, I like Kevin Tway over Keith Mitchell. I still like Mitchell a little bit, but I think I, I've heard Mitchell talked up a little bit since yesterday already. And again, I'll have to see how the tags sh- shake out in the end, but I do like Kevin Tway. So my three T3POs of the week. First one is JT over Matsuyama. My second one is going to be Austin Cook over Terrell Hatton. Tyrell Hatton. And my third one is going to be Kevin Tway over Keith Mitchell. And that about wraps up the 7K range for me. All right. So let's move on to the 6K range. I'll go over my final cash game cornerstone pick. And this is a rarity being in the 6K range. But since I went so high with the first three picks, I got to go into the 6K range for my uh, final cash game cornerstone pick. It's going to be Joel Dahlman at uh, $6,800. Comes in six in my model. Uh, for the last 50 rounds in this field. He's eighth in the field in strokes gained approach, eighth in the field in strokes gained tee to green, uh, uh, 11th in DraftKings points, fifth in strokes gained par five, uh, sixth in par four efficiency from 400 to 450 yards, top 20 in strokes gained off the tee. Uh, coming in, I think he finished, what, eighth last week? Or he had a really strong tournament last week at the Farmers, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see where he finished. He finished ninth. Ninth. Ninth yeah, at the ninth. Farmers. Uh, I think he hasn't played this course before, but it's not like a really technical course where, you know, you got to like know the course to be able to play it. Uh, so I do like Joel Dahlman as my final cash game cornerstone pick. So my four cash game cornerstone picks are going to be Hideki Matsuyama at $10,700, Matt Kuchar at $9,200, Billy Horschel at $8,800, Joel Dahlman at $6,800. Leaves you about fourteen five, which is a little bit less than normal. But once again, this lower range, 7K range, there's plenty of plays to fill out the rest of your cash game lineup. Other guys I do like uh, in this range, I like Bud Colley at 69. Really had a strong week uh, last week. He's been putting well ever since he's come back from his uh, little, I think he had a car accident, if I'm not mistaken. That's what held him back. Yeah. Um, you know, really good draft king points. I think he's 11th in draft king points in the last uh, fifth, last 12 rounds in this field, 17th and birdies are better gained. So I, I like Bud Colley here. I'm going back to Danny Lee uh, a little bit here as well at 6,700. Um, you know, last week he missed the cut, but he was first in greens and regulation and first in strokes gained approach at least for the first round. He was first in strokes gained approach at the South course. He was first in greens and regulation for the first two days, uh, but he missed the cut because he couldn't putt. Uh, so I think if he, these greens a little bit easier, a little bit flatter, not as much undulation, not as bumpy, you know, it's Bermuda. It's going to be smoother, easier putting. Uh, so I got going back to Danny Lee this week at 6,700. His ownership will be minuscule going down below. Anders Albertson, at uh, what sixty three hundred seems crazy cheap for a guy who's been playing as well as he had. Iron game on point, long iron games especially been really good. Uh, he's actually been putting very well. I mean, you look at his seventh in the field in strokes gain approach last twelve rounds, 
11th in the field in strokes gained putting the last 12 rounds. So I like him. I think he's super cheap. And then we got that guy at the very end, uh, Matthew Wolf at $6,000. This kid is the first uh, collegiate golfer in OSU, uh, Oklahoma State history, to go undefeated in stroke play during the fall. He, he won all three stroke play events he played in in college this fall, which is the first time this ever happened. And, you know, like, answer went to Oklahoma State, right? Uh, what's his name? Ricky Fowler went to Oklahoma State. There's a, what's his name? What's his name? There, there's a lot. <laughs> of good golfers that played there. And he was the first one to do that. This kid could be good, someone to look at. So I'll, you know, I'll have a smidgen of him as well. Who do you like? When you wear your shirt untucked, you get called what's his name. People forget about you when you wear your shirt untucked. So I'm gonna tell them that too when I get there. About when you get forgotten is when you start wearing your shirt untucked on the yeah. golf course. Um, I, I like what you said. Joel Dahman's got some local ties. Lives in Scottsdale. Ooh, I didn't know that. Um, I do. Yeah, you'll like that, sure, for your narrative with the cash game. But, uh, you know, I do think he gets a little bit popular. And if you look last week, he did gain a lot of his strokes from putting. So all I said here as a note is I want to make sure if I have him in my lineup, obviously he probably should be at 6,800. But I'm just saying from a Stars and Scrubs perspective, which is possible, I really only want Domin if he's my sixth guy into the lineup. I don't want to have him and then go down to like a rider or some of the guys I'll talk about here. So the other, the, the guy you mentioned that, or you didn't mention, you mentioned Danny Lee at 67, who I do like, but I really like Trey Mullinex. So he had everything going, but yeah, as far like at like the him farmers too. sort of opposite of Domin T T 25 first timer here, bombs it out 24, 34th, his last two times out 6,700. I think that's a good deal. Uh, Sam Ryder real quick, too cheap for his stats. Got upside. Uh, he hits for me on ball striking, approach, DK, birdies are better, and proximity. He's got a 43rd and a 40 his last two times out. And he wasn't really great off the tee or on approach at Farmers, but he did have his putter going a bit finally, which is normally the downside for him. So I kind of want to see that to have him feeling good coming in here. Uh, and then just one more I'll go on, I guess, is the uh, Canadian bias. But Mackenzie Hughes, T29 coming in. Middle of the pack stats, but decent approach. A little bit of DK, par 5 scoring. Last week I had a call down here, Wyndham Clark at 6,300. Uh, turned out pretty well. He tailed off on Sunday, but this would be, I guess, my pick of the week, sort of like that. I think a lot more people will be on Anders Albertson, not for you know any wrong reason. He's definitely a good, cheap ball striker with solid stats that we've been on up to this point. Better spot for him, but I'll go with Mackenzie Hughes at 6,300. Uh, last one, honorable mention, Brandon Haggy. 6100 maybe maybe he'll be my crazy play of the week i am excited though and that's part of the reason i'm going on thursday to see have you seen matthew wolf swing before kenny i heard it's crazy i didn't press the link but i heard it's wild you got to press the link and anyone who hasn't yet go press the link if that's what you call it these days on matthew wolf and watch his swing it's incredible i also tried to bet him this morning on an each way at 2000 to 1 and as i clicked the each way in it said the odds have been changed to 750 to 1 it's silly. It's not likely to happen, but just those type of odds. You never know. This could be like a, pheno a phenomenon of one guy coming in with the crazy swing. You know, Adam Long won, right? So anything can happen. Oh, and this guy's probably more talented than Adam Long. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, like, so yeah, definitely anything can happen. All right. So that, that sounds like it's about it. Do we miss anybody? No, we're good. All right, Tambo, take it away for the betting part. Yeah, get into our betting segment sponsored by BetQL. Uh, BetQL is brought to you by RotoQL, the creators of the world number one DFS tool. 
A uh, couple things over there. You got to get the app. So they got some value bets on the app. Basically, you go through. It's got algorithms provided with all the top value bets of the day. Uh, they use the same sort of tools that they use on RotoQL to show you that. Uh, it also, we talked about this last week, but it shows you the line movement. So you can sort of see how the lines are moving. Use something like the Super Bowl, for example. Uh, you know, the line started out as almost a pick for the Pats as it's gone on. Now the Pats are up to a two and a half point favorite. You know, they say the Rams betters are waiting for it to go to plus three so they can jump on. This will track all that movement for you along the way. Uh, and then it shows you the public betting trends as well. So you can see it in real time of who the public's on, uh, sort of what the, from the spread perspective, the opening line, the current line, where they sit as the public. Uh, with that said, let's get into some of our bets this week, Kenny, and I'll kick it off. Uh, it might be because I'm going to the, to the event. You know, it, it may be because I just, I talked about this with some other guys that it's one of those events that has all the quote unquote names. So I really like, we've played probably 75% of this field in either DFS or bet them before or something, a showdown slate, whatever it might be. So I was going through it with a buddy last night and, and I know every name and he's like pointing out the few here and there. And I'm just like, man, this field's stacked. And he's like, eh, I don't really see it. But then the guys that I'm closest with are in the community. This field is stacked as far as all that situation goes. So talked about a few of them earlier, but Hideki woke up early. Shout out to whoever it was. I forget on Twitter that said, grab him on bet three, six, five at 19 to one. It's the best you'll get him. And I did. So I didn't eat Shram because at 19 to one, I'm just going for the W uh, so I got a little bit bigger car, but I got Hideki kicking it off at 19 to 1. I got Hatton, I talked about earlier, but I want to use him as a hedge bet because he was at 67 to 1, which I just felt like was too high for this field. Because, like I said, if he is a, a solid talent. If he gets it together, he can go on a run. And I got him on the each way. Anything over 50, 55 to 1 in that range, I normally each way it. So I got Hatton. I've got Austin Cook, who I mentioned, at 81 to 1 with the each way. I got your boy you talked about, Taylor Gooch, 101 to 1 with the each way. I think it's gone down a little bit from now. I got Tway, who I just mentioned, at 126 to 1 on the each way. And I got Mullinex at 251 to 1. I think that's one of my favorites uh, from an each way perspective. Uh, if he gets hot and gets it rolling there. So uh, you see my card's a little bit bigger with six this week. I've been trying to be a little bit more disciplined. But it's got three long shots over 101 to 1. Uh, who do you got this week, Kenny? I got three guys. I'm going low. I'm going Phil at 22 to one Mickelson. Uh, the guy looks like he's, he's primed. He's ready. Uh, he's playing a, a shorter schedule this year. He's getting a little bit older. So every time out is a big event for him. He really can't lollygag if he wants to make the president's cup. If he wants to make uh, the Ryder cup again next year, which you know, he does. Uh, even though he said that the last year might've been his final Ryder cup, you know, the way he played uh, at the desert classic, it's showing me that he's out there trying to win, trying to compete every week, 22 to one. I could see that uh, for, you know, one of the probably the second best golfer of our generation. Um, so I'm going to go Phil 22 to one. I like Billy Horschel at 40 to one. Uh, I think a win is coming for him. Five top 11s in his last 10 and 10 events. He had that stretch at the end of the year where he went second, second, third. Um, I, he's 40 to one. I'm not, I, we can't do each way in the United States, but what I think I'm going to do with him is I'm going to do 0.6 units for the win 0.4 units for a top five for him. And then also uh, Joel Dahlman at 150 to one, a uh, long shot, but I do like him. Good finish last week. I think his game fits this course, like I said earlier. Um, and again, I'm going to go uh, 0.6 um, or point, 0.6 units for the win, 0.4 units for a top five. 
since we can't do each way here, I'm just doing my fake ass each way that week. Yeah, that way, whatever works. All it's right. Good. So last, we had people ask for a one and done. Let's do our one and done real quick before we we can't we 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 send off. Who's yours? Yeah, so I'm gonna go with Hideki double hedge with that bet I got there. I think it's just his best spot. We know he looks like he's in form, so use him up now. I switched my strategy a little bit this year. I'm going sort of with the get the best guy in the in the field he's good at or like last week you know or like the first week I used JT I I know it's a it's not a major but I used JT week 1 because I thought I'd rather have him in a in a shittier field basically where he has a higher upside of winning or higher win upside so I'm going to go with Hideki and just not get cute with it this early I've got three solid finishes to start no winners yet but I'm I'm cleaning up the money early building it slowly and then hopefully start hitting some winners at the majors yeah, I, I've been pretty good. I'm like in the top 100 or so nice. in the big OAD from, from Gup's Corner. Uh, I had Kuchar's win. I had Sung J.M. Uh, at the Desert Classic who finished 12th. I had Rom last week who finished 5th. This week I'm going Decky as well. So it's not really a, a big a big change. I, you know, I'm, I'm taking Hideki Matsuyama as well for my one and done. All right. So that's going to be it. Tambo, why don't you tell the people where they can find you? Hole 16, getting drunk. No, I'm just kidding. So uh, you just mentioned it, gupscorner.com, home of the the world's biggest one and done, I think. So uh, over there, I got my article coming out this week on Wednesday. I'm going to write it down in Phoenix. It'll have the, uh, the three T3POs, and then I'll add a couple more, likely. And then um, Twitter, at Toteg and Tambo, hit me up. Like I said, if you want to have a beer, I'll be at the, at the event most of the week. Uh, I wasn't going to go Sunday originally, but I'm probably going to be there Sunday now with – uh, hashtag boycott Super Bowl 53 with the most terrible matchup we could ever possibly get. <laughs> I don't hate the Super Bowl matchup that much. I sort of like Brady. I, now everyone's going to stop listening to the show now. But yeah. uh, anyways, uh, you can find me on powerhourpod.com. Find me on Twitter at KendoVT. Uh, if you like the pod, make sure to leave a uh, – make sure to give a like and a review. It really helps us out, keeps the pod free. Uh, so that's going to be it for this week. It's going to be a fun tournament, Super Bowl Sunday, Waste Management Finish Open, one of the better Sundays of the year. Good luck, DJs. Let's win some money. Clorox knows you want your clothes smelling fresh and clean, but sweat happens. That's why we created Clorox Fabric Sanitizers to freshen up your clothes between washes, pre-treat extra stinky laundry, and make sure every last odor comes out in the wash. Clorox fabric sanitizers take care of all that and eliminate 99% of odor-causing bacteria. Plus, they're bleach-free and safe for all colors and fabrics. When it counts, trust Clorox. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.